the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Mecca, Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter! Because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, he, she's wrestling. He, she's wrestling. One of the most popular episodes in the history of Be She's Wrestling was when we had a Mega Mailbag. We decided we're going to do Mega Mailbag Part 2 today for Episode 84. This time it's going to be a little different. Why? There's now audio questions. I'm here. And the Mecca Shane Madison is part of the panel, so it won't just be two people answering. It'll be three, and we might end up in some debates. How do you feel about that, pal? Well, I we like, don't agree about much. No, uh, I like uh, I like listening to the mailbag questions because you know we get like so many mailbag questions that come in, and it's hard to kind of pick. Like we have a bunch from like a long time ago that we have, and so sometimes we just kind of pick the last couple ones we, that we get, right? So yes, it's I, good. We I, get to everything now. I remember one week where we had like fifteen questions. I was like, we only do two. So you think about that, 13 questions went unanswered because I was avoiding having to answer questions like, why is Mike Davidson so out of touch? And I was like, I'm not out of touch. I tell you every week I am not out of touch. Why are you so out of touch? I am not out of touch. Oh, okay, there we go. Answered, asked and answered. Asked and answered. All right, so our first question this week is an audio submission from Scott Carnegie. Welcome. You've got mail. Great episode this week, guys. Your conversation about the uh, NWA cocaine uh, spot that they did there got me thinking about um, how, how wrestling, what it is. And Eric Bischoff would say this often, too, about how wrestling is a TV show, right? So what's the big deal about you can have drugs on some scripted show, but why not in wrestling? I don't, I don't think it's the same, and I've never seen it the same way. Wrestling is its own animal. There's only so much uh, suspension of disbelief people will allow for, right, uh, for us to really still be in to, to believing it. So my question for you is, uh, what's your take on that as far as wrestling that scripted content, um, both nationally and locally? Like, how far is too far? When will people go and look at it and say, oh, this is some stupid she's. Come on, this doesn't belong in a wrestling ring, right? There, there is a limit. So I'd like to hear your take on what is that limit? Okay, good question. Uh, Scott and I are a little bit different in our perspectives. and Skis Carnies? Yeah, not to disagree, but wrestling is supposed to come across as a competitive sport where wrestler A versus wrestler B for a prize. And whether that prize is money or whether that prize is credibility. Championship. Championship belt is ultimately what the big prize is supposed to be. The idea is supposed to be that the heavyweight champion makes the most and everyone underneath gets a tier lower than that. Um, but, okay, so realistically, if you go by that, then you add feuds, which are supposed to be elements of hatred, which should be started. Can't say feud or hate on okay. WWE anymore. Okay, should <laughs> be <still> <laughs> started by 
something that a guy hits a guy with a chair, guy pile drives a guy on the floor, guy does something to a guy's woman, something that creates personal hostility to draw money. Now, here's the problem. If I'm using story arc of this guy has a substance abuse problem, the problem is, is it probably mirrors reality. There's going to be one wrestler on that roster that uses substances. And you don't want to draw attention in that negative way to wrestlers who have that substance abuse problem because for many years it was ignored in the wrestling industry. Also, do I want wrestlers pulling knives or handguns? No, because you, well, how are you supposed to have a match against a guy with a knife unless you can fight him off the knife? So it's not drama like, hey, we're on the streets of Boston or New York and the, only the toughest survive. It is supposed to be the most competitive wrestler is the best. And that's where you're, that's the heartbeat of a wrestling company. So you should stick to it looking like a sport, a competition, and the prizes should always be a primary story arc. Secondary should be personal issues that lead to fights and, and stuff that gets a little bit more hostile. Great answer. I will say, you know, Scott Carnegie says, where do you draw the line? I draw the line on, um, I don't want to see Brian Pillman pull a gun out. I don't want to see Muhammad Hassan pull piano wire out after someone just got decapitated overseas. I don't want to see Vince McMahon use the N-word trying to be cool. Um, what are some other things? I, I don't want to see religion. I don't want to see politics. Um, drugs? I, don't, I, don't, I definitely don't want to see drugs. Again, the wrestling business historically has had a negative connotation to it. Yep. People are look at it as... It's frowned down upon. Um, it's not legitimate. And, you know, so why do we need to remind them of those of those thoughts? So I just say, take the high road. Um, Male on female violence, another one that yeah, we definitely don't need to see. We don't need to see it. It's goofy. It's just like in a legitimate fight, if you have a woman fighting a man, nine times out of ten, the man will win. Yeah. That's just... That's just the way it is. Now, let me give you a counterpoint to that. Unless you're my wife. Yeah. <laughs> let me give you a counterpoint Zing. to that. You have four guys beating the heck out of one. This happened with the four horsemen against Dusty Rhodes a lot in the 80s. Mm -hmm. If Magnum TA is, the, sorry, Magnum TA is getting beat down, Dusty comes in with the baseball bat, chases everyone off, right? Because right. how is one guy going to stop four guys from a beat down, right? So you can use the weapon like a bat, like a chair. Like what Pepito did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a wiffle ball bat. Yeah, you a plastic bat. Yes, you can use the weapon to pour to portray how dire and serious the situation is. You pull a, a knife or a gun, game over. Yeah, guy's going to jail. Yeah. Guy should win that fight because he's going to shoot or not shoot. Guy should the other guy should back down. Somebody pulls a gun, you're not like. It, it doesn't make sense. No. Some things can work with implications too. Like there is always the implication that RVD did pot, used pot. Same thing with uh, Matt Riddle. That implication was always there and what? Kind, of, kind of played up on television. So the implication was okay. We don't want to see it actually happening though. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And thank you, Scott, for sending in the audio question there. All right, moving right along in the mega mailbag question two from Bennett asks, who is the best active professional wrestling trainer going today? Good question, Bennett. Um, hmm. Do you want to go to, you want to take this on G's? I assume that he means um, like not just here, but overall. I think so. Yes. Okay. I could throw a bunch out. I mean, 
Yeah, there's a whole bunch. But, I mean, and I don't know who the, I, I guess, the, well, I mean, if we go to the Performance Center, the head coach is Matt Bloom. And has been for 13 years, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, and if so I'm just going to go with him because, I mean, you look at the caliber of athletes that the Performance Center is turning out, and again, we've talked about NXT. You need to watch NXT. Every week it's outstanding. These these guys are so polished and gals. They're so good. You know, they keep plucking them, and then you think, oh, NXT's, you know, there's nobody left there. And then they find more people, and they bring them up, and they're good. And, like, it's just, so I'm going to go with uh, the PC. I I know who you're going with. As usual, you will go anything that is WWE because you drink their Kool-Aid. They're the best. It is. They're the best. He loves Cody. It's not fair what you just said. Okay, Matt. I'm sorry to debate with you. Matt Bloom has done a great job. <laughs> yes. He's been sorry. the head coach for 13 years, yep. but he is not training the same caliber of athlete that Lance Storm used to That's train. Fair. Because what Al happens Snow. is WWE goes out there, it's pays to they they evaluate at evaluation camps, take the best of the best and put them under contract and pay them they to scout. train. Yeah. So that is a lot different than say what Tom Pritchard has to do. What. Um, what Al Snow, Al Snow is doing. Sneeze. Al Snow in Ohio Valley, as you see in the document docu series, wrestlers has to do something completely different. Still stuck on episode three. You didn't like it, hey? I just, I don't know. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But what I will say, Josh Alexander runs Demore's Camp yep. in Ontario. Mm-hmm. That is the best option in Canada right now. Mm-hmm. If you, so you might not be capable of becoming a professional athlete. To become a top level wrestler, you become a professional athlete. You may not have what it takes to do that, right? But I'm just living my dream, man. Exactly. People are just gonna. But they, if you have, don't worry about me. I'm just gonna live my dream. But if you have thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> and you go to a training school, who can turn that guy into a qualified pro wrestler? Do you know there was a wrestler here, and I'm not gonna say who it is. Many, many years ago, <laughs> somebody he came to training, and you guys will know who he, this person is. Listens to the show. <laughs> And then the trainer said, look, man, you're never going to make a dime in this business and I can't take your money. But if you want to hang out, I'll train you for free. That happened. Wow. Locally here. And he's still going in the business. He's still going. Yes. That happened. All You'd right. be surprised who that is. Okay, I'll tell you off air. I'm not ready to move on. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to okay. move on. I want to tell you who I am. Okay, you go next. And then I'm going to surprise you. Flatbacks. Uh, oh yeah, Tyler, Tyler Breeze, Breeze and school. Cheese Spees. and Sean Spears school. Uh, That's tur- a good one. Turning out great talent. Uh, I've watched mm-hmm. some of their videos. They're very uh, meticulous. So I would go mm-hmm. with flatbacks. That's good. L- locally, AJ Sanchez and Kevin Cannon actually went as far as to create a binder for every athlete. Yes, that came into. I've the, seen it. Yeah, they put so much thought into this, and they approached it as a coach, who, and they're certified as coaches uh, in sport. They put together a plan uh, that includes everything. I think that's thinking differently. So I'm not going to name one trainer who's the best because it, it's subjective. Gangrel has put a ton of people in into the system that ended up going through WWE. Tom Pritchard has trained people that have gone. Who he was responsible for Kurt Angle, Bully Ray. So, yeah, Bully Ray put out a lot of good talent. There were, but it is it takes an ex- extreme amount of talent from the person who goes to that camp to become a professional, right? Yeah. And that is the biggest thing. Not everybody can do this. No. And and so it's the diamonds in the rough, but it's what, who is credible to charge $3,000 and create a talent? Player and, one. No. 
That's the problem. That's what, probably why this question was asked is because there are so many people in this business that have access to a ring that will say, come and train in my garage. You're going to pay me $50, a, $50 a, a month and we're going to have three workouts a month and you'll wrestle in a battle royal on my show because I want you to sell 20 tickets so I can make money then. That's how I'm going to capitalize on you and that's exploitation. That is a problem. I've got a follow-up for you then. Uh, with with perhaps it was AWE? Did you guys did you guys have a training school? Yeah, we with, had an actual with Divine, center with right? Divine. Yep. And, and yep. how would you rate Divine in that list? Oh, well, there was a business aspect that went a little south. Divine was the head trainer at Border City before Josh Alexander. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't end well. Either. Then he went to Calgary and started his own camp. Did Divine train Josh Alexander? I don't think so. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look. I mean, yeah. I mean. I'm sure. I also thought the Palms was on the strip, so uh, yeah. I got ripped by Scotty Townsend for that. Yeah. But hey, when I'm staying there, it's I'm usually have had a few. So cut uh, me some slack. Uh, the man. other Come thing on. I'll say about Divine directly <laughs> is this was a different kind of training school. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't about um, us securing new talent and developing. That was a part of the plan, but it was actually, hey, we've got this TV deal. And we've got talent that we don't think are good enough and we need the talent to get better. So Divine became a leader who was supposed to work on developing the guy's strengths and get them better for TV. I actually think Johnny did a good job. Don Douglas became a far better wrestler from working with yep. Danny, Johnny Divine, Danny did, Paul RC. AJ Sanchez, Kevy Chevy. Kevy Chevy. Yep. Those are the four big benefactors of working with Johnny Divine. But it, Chevy said you didn't treat him well. That... <laughs> Anybody that ever... Oh, he must have forgot about that. Anybody who ever craps on Jeff Dick doesn't realize that Jeff Dick didn't say, oh, you're a wrestler, that's good enough, I, I'll pay you, and you just show up and wrestle. He was always investing in better skills for the guys. Speaking of so, Jeff Dick, we talked about the upcoming DCs of the local Rees, and that's going to be... We we might not be able to get that all into one part, right? That might be a double episode. Double yeah. episode. Because if you Coming think about soon. it, yeah, John Newen took an hour and 15 minutes to talk about something that lasted from November of 2000 or August of 2001 to about July of 2002, Jeff Dick started coming around in 2003, 2005 really started to put money in. I'm sorry. And 2010, you're sorry. <laughs> that was the, one of the best runs ever locally, but there you go. Um, so uh, Johnny Devine was a fine trainer though. All right, there you have it. Okay. Question number three coming from Ty. He asks, what's... Ty Nguyen, probably. Could, it could be. <laughs> What's your opinion on death matches? Oh, oh my gosh. And I'm guessing it has, uh, it's apropos of uh, Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland recently oh. that went really all over too far. Too far. Too far. If it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Did people forget about what we just went through the last three years, COVID? So now we're not even, that was just spit droplets in the air. So now we're going to drink someone's blood and spit it out into the air? What are we, stupid? Yeah. It's just uh, stupid. Yes, he, yes, he is. So you, Stupid. you say that there's a lot of wrestling fans that believe COVID was a work and sure. more <laughs> sure. You think I'm, I just got my fifth, sh my fifth shot. You think I'm crazy for thinking you were the, you were so into this vaccine that you took two I, shots of AstraZeneca. I'm a double AstraZeneca. Then I had a Moderna Pfizer and I just got another Moderna. He's got everything. Hey, listen, I, we're not going to get into this. No, because I too side hot. with science. I, I don't listen to a guy who watches Facebook no. on his on the toilet okay, in the morning. Okay, you are now not over with some people. <laughs> There's so that. many people that are. That's yesterday's news. I, but I also support typing. I also right support um, people's you know 
looking back on it, a lot of people would have done a lot of things differently. But so if, if it's, you do you, man. That's I loved I, the system where if you did not it. get a shot, you could not go into places. That I loved that. You needed a vaccine passport because I was vaccinated, and I was like, man, I can go in. What's yeah. your problem? Exactly. But Quickest <laughs> way to get back to normal. That's we're getting heat here. There's um, so much heat coming around. So <laughs> Time Bomb Pro Wrestling in Fargo, good friend of the show, they do do death matches. Yep. And uh, we were very critical of them. Yeah, when they came to Winnipeg without a ring, I thought it was a bad thing, yep. and I do still think that. And people have called us hypocrites for talking about them in the event center, too. So no, I, think- I think that the, we have always said we're never going to tell people not to spend their money. We're always going to tell you where you can spend I know money. that. And we may have a negative opinion, but you should, if you want to spend your money with a wrestling pro- company or a show that says wrestling, here's where you can do that. That's why we tell you when Primo's is happening. That's why we tell you when there's a no ring show. Even if 3D came back, we yep. can tell you about that. Even if Golden Boy did their show. Geesbees. So here's what I will say about, I think what Time Bomb does caters to a small segment of the wrestling audience. It's a dedicated segment. Gar- wrestling, deathmatch wrestling is stupid. Let me tell you why. How many fights have I ever been in where I used a staple gun? Or if Use I, one on Adam Knight at the Alive when he slapped you. Oh yes, the staple yes, gun. yes. I, that was my last resort to save myself. <laughs> you, right? You threw it or you stapled him? No, I stapled him to the you wall. You stapled yeah. a piss yellow poster yeah. from Ernie Todd to his face. So I would never use a staple gun to save my ass in a fight, and I would never have to in an athletic competition like wrestling's supposed to be. I would never think, oh, I'm about to get in a fight. On the off chance I knock that guy on his ass, I'm going to drop a bunch of thumbtacks there. Because that will broken give, glass. Yeah, that will give me an advantage if I can get him on top of that, right? It you lose your suspension of disbelief. And it's all to create a world. And this I actually believe was started by Jackass, right? Mm. The stupid movies. And and what, the the you think Deathmatch was started by Jackass? I think Deathmatch is well that's been around in Japan for, for years. Forever. Okay. Like, but no rope bar bar deathmatches. Onita shit. Didn't they use cobras in a match once and they oh, used yeah. exploding? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. First and foremost, like I'm death- alligator pit. I am deathly afraid of snakes. If you told me, hey, as part of this booking, you're gonna be in a death match, okay, fine. I don't want to get color. I do not want to <laughs> be hit over the head with a type old school typewriter. Oh, and then I get there and I they say, and they say, oh, by the way, uh, at ringside are going to be eight lethal cobra snakes. We think they're, def- they, we think they're devenomized. I am, I'm going to have a freaking heart attack just going <laughs> to the think. ring. Yeah. I am not doing this. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I will pay you back for the flight. You brought me over here and I will pay myself home. Do not pay me. I am going home because I'm deathly afraid of cobra snakes. There is not a place well, I can't say that because when Jake brought out the Cobra in the early t- early 90s, that's one of the best heel angles ever. He had a weapon that was deadly, right? So I contradict myself on that one. But deathmatch is stupid. Using a broken bottle on somebody is a, an assault. It should not be happening for the sake of getting a holy shit chant. Um, and I think frivolous use of blood and then doing things where you're co-mingling blood after Gross. 19, after the 1990s, when HIV was a scare that if you got it, you died. I do not want uh, you and I've been friends, Shane, for 25 years, oh 1999. Gosh. Are we it's doing come, a party? This, we have to this December. Yes. Well, next year. Cause no, we, no. we met in 99. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Next yeah. year. So, okay. but I will say this, if you're bleeding, I am not going to cut myself and bleed with you. And on top oh, of Oh, come on. No. At the pool? No. <laughs> At the pool. If I get a nosebleed, let me clean myself up. Yeah. 
I will do that myself. James Roth had a nosebleed in the in the rumble this past week. Nosebleeds are going to happen. I in just wrestling. stayed away. I just yeah. I just kicked him in the face yeah. some more to make him more. For one, ugly. blood is not something I want. Um, I don't want my own blood on me. I don't want your blood on me. Ask Josh Cheeks who had white trunks. Yeah, yeah. ruined. Ugh. See, I I am a little bit different than you guys, and it's not that I like you death love match. It. No, I don't. But I I like blood feuds. I loved Terry Funk when he went hardcore on Ric Flair. I love that sort of stuff. But it meant something. Whereas these angles are often hot-shotted into position where it's like, you know, what did he do to deserve to have his blood drank and spit in the air? That like, what? is just disgusting. Th- th- exactly. There's disgusting. no there's no reason for that. There's no reason for blo- broken bottles. There's no need for the dipping your hands in glue and then in glass yeah. for those matches. Like, that's an actual match, by the way, that he, happened in ECW. Here's the thing. And I'll put it to you. It's very simple. Wrestling is an art form. I look at it like figure skating. You have two people working together to create a performance. If you do it well, it can be beautiful. If you, But there's no art form in maiming each other or cutting each other, or intentionally hurting each other for real because you want to prove how tough guy you are. I'm sure you're really tough when you go to the hospital, especially in the U.S., we go to the hospital and get shards of glass or you've severed an artery or something. Yes. Like, it's just stupidity. There's a way to accomplish that in the ring without hurting yourself intentionally. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. I understand there are people that like it, but they probably like it because they're... That's what they can relate to. Wrestlers don't use jocks. They don't use eye protection. They don't use mouth protection. So it is dangerous to introduce sharp objects right. into your performance. It's already inherently dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's no place for it. Anyway, that's question number three. Correct. All right, moving on to number four in the mega mailbag. If you could swap out one wrestler from all elite wrestling and one wrestler from WWE, who would it be and why? Matt asked that question. So they're, you're, you're doing a talent trade, basically. Mm-hmm. Good question. That is a good one. Um, boy, I don't know. It's a tough <sighs> call. From WWE's perspective, who do they want after Here, being in all elite wrestling? Here's what I will. I'll go first while you guys think about it. Okay. So I'll go, and it pains me to say this. I'll put Cody back in AEW. Oh, you don't like him anymore. I, I do like him. Oh, okay. But I think I would put him back there to see. I mean, I don't want him to, I don't want to see that. Let me be clear. But I think that would be interesting to me to see how, now that he's matured and grown as a performer, how that would look going back to AEW. I think that would be interesting. As far as somebody going to the WWE, I would put Malachi Black or... That's a good one. Swerve Strickland. Because I think Swerve Strickland for sure has grown as a performer. I would say grown into a main event performer. And uh, Malachi Black is someone who wasn't used effectively. And I think he's got a little steam behind him now. People want to see him. They don't see him that much. And I think he would be uh, good back in WWE. Those are mine. You want me to go? Okay. Um the easy one for me from uh, all elite wrestling would be MGF to WWE. Obviously, it's not going to happen now that he's reportedly resigned, yeah. but that's what I was hoping to happen. I wanted to see the it. same MJF, the same MJF, right? Oh, not I, the neutered MJF. They can build him up. WWE is good enough; they can build him back up, and they could do it quickly. Uh, and MJF versus LA Knight is gold. Um, it's never going to happen now. As far as going the other way, boy, I don't know. Um, 
Charlotte Flair. Honestly, Charlotte Flair in that women's division, they've got a good... Oh, that's a good one. They've got a good women's division. Charlotte Flair's done everything she can do in WWE. She could shake up the All Elite division. Tony Storm, that matchup would be great. Chris Statlander would be great. There's unlimited matches there. I seriously question your logic when you say they've got a good women's division in All Elite. I don't believe it's strong at all, but... The, the people that are there are awesome. They yeah. have some good... Like, they have some good characters, yeah. but like Britt Baker's not a strong... Performer. She could have been. She could be. Still could be. But yeah. she might need someone like Charlotte Flair to go Tony there. Tony Storm's good. Tony Storm's good. Um Shida's terrible. I don't know why they keep pushing her. Like, Chris like Statlander's good. Good. She can be good. Yeah, she's still green. I will answer this in the um, essence of how it was asked first, and then I'll give you a, a curveball. So mm-hmm. you're you look for any reason at all to say the word Cody on a podcast? Cody. Yes. <laughs> Cody going to all dog Cody. Cody yeah, going Cody going to all elite is ridiculous. He is finally just the lost. question is ridiculous. He has finally just lost the stink of being Cody in in AEW, yeah, and is now a he might ascend to being the top guy in WWE. I don't think he, he gets will. There. WrestleMania well, definitely Survivor Series was built around Cody. What are you gonna do when he wins that WWE Championship? It's the way they've wanted it to be all year. What am I gonna do? You'll you'll be the happy. You'll probably pop champagne and drink. <laughs> you'll probably have a WrestleMania party at your place, and you'll be no. I'll be in Napa Valley. Oh, I'm right. missing. Oh, yeah, we got to kayfabe that because it's a surprise. Oh yeah, Whoops. yeah. yeah. Please, please. Leave it on the show. No, no, it, it's it's not a surprise. Anymore. Okay, so here's what I believe. I believe, okay. judging by how they did Survivor Series, it is clear Cody is their guy right now to go to Mania and win the title. War Games, Dusty Sun. He's the only face on the poster. He is getting. They are strapping it onto him to go to Rumble, win it, and go to Mania. Yes, yes. Be happy. Okay, there we go. So, no, here's who <laughs> I think would make the biggest impact going from Kay. WWE to All Elite. Okay. AJ, St- AJ Styles. Oh, that's a good one, too. Because there's dream matches. He is a bona fide top guy. He's close to 50 like Tony everybody Khan else Tony Khan would there. be extremely excited to get him. He he could win the title. He can work babyface or heel effectively. Mm-hmm. He is exactly what they, that fan base would get excited. And about. he hasn't really been used all that much lately in WWE. He is injured, but I mean, he yeah. hasn't been. So you know, AJ's been the off. guy if he wanted a lighter schedule That's and good. more guaranteed money. Good one. Going yep. the other way is interesting because you picked good people. Um, here's what I believe the WWE could turn a project into something major. It could have been Wardlow, but they, yep. but not mm. now. But I would say if WWE was to get one guy, FTR would have been an honorary mention too, because yeah. I, I think that WWE could really use them in the tag division. I just question with, their tag division, their commitment to it. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. You would be bringing them in to work with younger guys to bring them up a notch. Yeah, I thought about the acclaimed. Yes. There was a lot of good yeah. talent there. But I think the one that I think would be the most exciting and interesting would actually be Ricky Starks or Brian Cage. And and the reason I come up with those two is WWE would be excited to get Brian Cage's look. So they would probably try to push him and try to make something more out of him like they did with Pillman. As long as he can pass a test. Well, that's the other part. <laughs> and I think with Ricky Starks, I think there's something there where they would get really excited about he'll be there. trying to make him a big star. One day he'll be so there. So those are the those are the guys there. Now, honorary mention, okay. if they could get anyone from WWE, the one that they would want is the guy they could not possibly get, and that's Triple H, somebody who could 
who changed oh, the business landscape executive. Yeah, as an executive. Yeah, no, that's good. And if WWE could get one guy from from uh, the office, all elite, not the office necessarily. Okay. I think D- Tony Schiavone is the guy that WWE could really get something out of. Skiabone. Yeah, but that those are the two guys. Uh, that's that's the being creative. That's good. All right, so that's how many questions we've asked today. Four questions so far. That's about halfway through the bag that we've pre-selected eight questions, correct? You got it. There might be a bonus question, but we're going to break. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B E E Z S H E E Z. One word to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. You know, we recently gave away four $50 gift cards to the world-famous Palomino Club in Winnipeg. and Love the pal. Everyone loved that we were giving away free gifts. So we went back to our friends, Scotty Townsend and, mm-hmm. and Christian at the world-famous Palomino Club, and they've given us a stack. I don't know how many is here, but it's a, a lot. stack. Starting, we could have a good Saturday night. Starting next week, episode 85, you can win a $50 gift card to the world-famous Palomino Club. You can drink, get in. Do what you want with these. Yep. To win them, we don't know yet. We'll figure it out. I think what you have to do to win it, we're going to do a social media contest. Share the total BEGs on Facebook and tell people why you listen to it because you're a wrestling fan and how well we do, how out of touch I am. You can be funny, you can be snarky, you can be pissy and moany. How difficult of a business person I am to work with? Yes. You can criticize us. You can put us over, job us out, anything you want. Starting next week, we're going to be giving out... $50 gift cards to the world-famous Palomino Club. We're not starting to give them out. We've already given out four. But next week, we start again. We could also also do a contest like do your best Adam Knight promo impersonation. I did that last week. That was was pretty good. I wonder if I could do it again. I channeled it because I was hot. You got me hot. Oh, you were piping hot. Him threatening to slap me after a slap almost ended his career. He's getting hot hot again. I I liked it when he said, 49 jabrons. What's what's he talking about? Why does he... this is not a question in the mailbag. <laughs> Why does he think this should be a question in the mailbag? Okay. That he should talk in that wistful, philosophical <laughs> way. But I like it when he says, the outlaw Adam Knight. The outlaw Adam Knight. Like he's talking like he's got some sort of southern he's draw. He's always done that, yeah. What? I don't get, I don't get that either. Or he's talking about like he was just unexpectedly kicked in the nuts <laughs> and he's dropping to a knee and he's me? like, you kicked me in the nuts. Nice t-shirts though. Do you see, see Knight's new t-shirts? Do no. not put Very over nice. his merch. <laughs> hey, if you want to buy his t-shirt, go to Adam Knight on social media. I don't know what it is because I'm blocked on all of it. There's going to be some good... Are you blocked? Oh, yeah. Or there's going to be some good Shane Madison t-shirts coming out. And I, I understand. Bees, 
She's wrestling t-shirts yeah, coming of soon. Now, of course, we're going to get those out in January, so we missed the Christmas rush. Do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about who's doing those B She's wrestling shirts no, for us? No, no, no. Keeping it quiet. Not okay. until they're released. Okay. Next question. They're going to be nice. All right. Next question from Ryan asking, "What is the worst championship division ever created?" Love the show, guys. Keep it up. Oh, uh, I I can answer that one really quick. It's a negative. Okay. It's the it's the next one that Tony Khan's coming up with. He's doing this Continental Classic tournament right now where they're merging the ROH television title, the NWGP Never title, with this new Continental title that has a sack over top of it. So they're going to take all these three titles, merge them into one, and now there's going to be another AEW championship. So it's going to be the Continental, which is a lot like International. I, I just think it's called the Continental Tournament. I don't know what the title is called. I don't think it's going to be called the Continental title. I hope not. So Please. they're taking ROH TV title. Yep. New Japan Pro Wrestling, never never open title. And this new, the winner of this tournament that they're doing, and they're merging those three belts. It's already con- confusing. If you ever wanted to <laughs> see an alert... You look exacerbated yeah, right now. If you ever want to see an alert for a very, very big Mark Booker, yes, you, look belts. at how they come up with titles. Because traditionally, you had a heavyweight, which was the or yep. or the company title, the crown jewel, yeah, that everyone wants. Yep. And you either had a TV if you had a TV sh- show, or you would have a junior heavyweight if you had a good uh, smaller guy division. Mm-hmm. You'd have a tag team title. You didn't sit there and say, you know, if we created this one where it was the non-contact champion, where the guy who manages to avoid having matches can be the champion, right? I would say this. I've seen a lot of bad ones. The intergender one. Where Who had the intergender title? Um, where was that? Has there been an intergender title? Yeah, there has been. I think it's on a local or like an indie okay. kind yeah. of thing. Intergender? Terrible. Trios? Oh. Terrible. Even when you go back in history, if you're th- sitting there going, well, trios would work. Um, did world class, the reason world class had the six man tag yeah. titles is you had the fabulous Freebirds yeah. who were three against three Von Eric brothers. Yeah. It was specific to an angle. Yeah. Then W then NWA thought we could get a six man and there'd be a way to get dusty and over we'll with the tag team. The United States uh, six man tag Ugh. team titles. Yes. So anytime you start getting bigger than tag team, why don't you go for an eight man tag team title and you do it at a survivor series, right? It would be terrible. Yeah. Why don't you do the cage match champion and the guy who wins the cage match is that you're going to diminish the value of the cage match. If you do this, how about the European championship? That but was it was stupid. the idea of the European title made sense at it the started time. WWF started. was going to be going to Europe yeah. with pay-per-view so they could have a champion. It worked perfect with Davey boy but then they used it as a as a peripheral title that meant nothing. But look what WWE did. Even they had so you go to NXT, there's the NXT Championship, there's the North American Championship, and now there's a tag team championship. They had a women's championship which they knew was stupid, so they merged it with the WWE Women's Championship, which is still stupid. Yeah. But, you know, you have men's tag team champions, you should have women's tag team champions, right? Now if they would just merge those stupid Raw and SmackDown tag team titles, into the unified yes. tag team champions, but I was, I was just about to say. But I don't know if they're going to do that because they, they have too much programming now. Well, they have a universal champion, they have a world heavyweight champion, they have the United States champion, they have the intercontinental champion, and now they have tag titles on both shows. So why would they not keep them separate? Yeah. So I, who knows I think any time a company like when Crockett had the NWA tag team, world tag team titles, and then they had the U.S. tag team titles, 
You're diluting the value of the title that everyone should chase. When you have secondary titles in a division like tags, you're going to run with a smaller amount of tag teams because of the cost factor. So I would say this, stick to basics. Everybody wants to be the company prize champion. Make that your focal point. Have a secondary title. You might even be able to use a weight class title for juniors. Don't do hardcore. Don't do... If, if you have to, if it's a novelty, it should not be a champion and then have a tag team championship. And that's it. The best of the best go for the titles. People, some people never get a sniff of a title. That means you have a story to say, this guy has never been able to win a title. He's getting a title match. Let's all get excited that he might finally win one. Less titles and make the ones that you have more important. Absolutely. Uh, WWF women's division between 1988 and 1998 is my answer. Worst division. Well, uh, there wasn't any division in... 80, so that would it, have been nine was it. That there, would have been Rock and Robin. That was the and last then it one. went dormant. Yeah. And then, and then it came back as and then went dormant. for Alondra Blaze. Blaze. Yeah. But that was specific because they got Medusa. And then two years and that then it was gone again. And it did nothing for it, business. Exactly. Terrible division. Well, yeah. you the only way you can have the division mean something is you need four or five very good competitors to compete for it. Trucking along with the mega mailbag this week. If you ever want to get your questions in on the mailbag, hit us up on social media. We should have said that much earlier. You can email them in yes. to be, totalbshees at gmail.com or send us a voice clip on our social media. Yeah, I like we, the voice clips. Yes, of like course. Them. Those are my favorites. Oh, yeah. I get excited when they come in. A good voice clip is more likely to possibly win. A, I don't think we've card. ever, I don't think we, oh, that's true. And I don't think we've ever not answered a voice clip. I don't think we've ever had a bad voice clip either. No, nope. no. Nope. We've all been really good. That's true. All right. Number six coming in from Gord. He asks, what's the difference between an angel investor <laughs> and a money mark? Okay. I, I would be the best, most versed person to answer this. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So. But do you know? Yeah. Okay. Angel investor is somebody that comes around and basically funds your dream to start a wrestling company. And that's what, a, but would Mark Merrick be an angel investor then? Well, he only invests in himself. So he has money and he decides he's going to invest it himself into his own wrestling company. That's like Tony Khan did. Right. And the, so the problem is an angel investor should be paying somebody to run a wrestling company. Right. So right. I'm going to invest in your belief that you can start a wrestling company, Shane Madison. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take, Six figures, and you, you, I believe in your vision. That's an angel investor. Now, the problem in wrestling is they think, oh, there's someone with money. We've got some mark money behind us. Let's stretch the mark for all we can get today without a vision of how you're going to build, right? Now, everyone will say, well, Mike Davidson never succeeded at building a long-term business for Jeff Dick. Jeff Dick would never say that. Jeff Dick would say, oh my God, I put money behind Mike's vision and it took off like a, like a wildfire. But in every case, how he had his funding wasn't sustainable. It wasn't a sustainable source. So he would say, hey, you've got a million dollars to spend this year and I will do some more next year and I'll do more in year three. So I'm working on a three-year plan and he's got enough to, to last three months. How good is this DCs of the local region? It will be, be very, oh, it's it, going to be good. You'll have a different perspective of how money got distributed. So, and people then will say, well, Mike failed. No, Mike made a plan and was actually exceeding the, the benchmarks of that plan. Can I just say this for everybody who says you failed? How did you fail? You were hired to write a show. no, I was hired to build a business. Well, but you did that. Yes. And then when there was no money, how yeah. is that you failing? Okay, so here's 
The like, thing, I, I'm kind of tired of so, that. Yeah, I'm t- kind of tired of people saying that. this is a preview that. to when we talk about it. actually pisses me off well, when people say that. I find it funny, but here's what really happened. Here, I said to him, if I'm going to run your wrestling company, I need to have a level of autonomy when it comes to dealing with talent, negotiating fees, making sure guys get paid. Fees? Fees. Oh, fee. Yeah. F-E-E-S. Yeah. F-E-E-S. Overseeing creative, right? Okay. I will try to get us a television. I, I will try to make the television viable. That's that's goal number one. Did it twice for the guy. Now, here's some of the things that I was stuck in a tight box on. Uh, I'm going to buy this TV studio. And I was like, what? And we went and looked at it and I was like, it's a little small, but it was a lot like Ohio Valley. And I was like, he's like, I don't want to be paying rental fees and I don't want to be paying the cost of lighting it and, set, and creating sound there. I want one venue that I build out of. So, okay, I was pigeonholed into that venue. I couldn't go bigger. I couldn't go small. We had 600 tickets that we could sell. And when you put 600 people in there, it was really tight. That was a problem. Next problem that I ran into was uh, One World United is, is really successful. I'm going to be giving... I, Money's not an option, not a, not a, money's no object. I said, I'm going to need a million dollars in year one. I'm going to need close to a million dollars in year two. And then in year three, hopefully we've built enough that it'll be half a million dollars and we'll be riding on greater revenues. If that doesn't happen, you should consider not renewing me at the end of three years because I will have failed you if I can't either cut the spending a little bit or drastically increase the revenues. So that it was a long vision I had because I had an angel investor. Now the opposite would be if I looked at Jeff Dick as a money mark, I'd say, Hey, I want to, I want to do this. This guy's my friend. He needs to be paid. I should be paid this. We should buy that. And I'm looking at it as we have him for three months. I might as well get as much out of him as I possibly can. One thing I can say with Jeff Dick, I never went to him and said, I, I deserve this much. He gave me a great salary. I, I was making, $60,000 at one point to work in a wrestling company in Winnipeg. That's in 2010. That's pretty good money in 2010 to do what you love doing, but you had a high thresh. You had a high percentage chance of failing. Angel investor is investing in, in a, in a businessman's vision to grow a wrestling company or any company. Money Mark is somebody like Tony Khan or Graham Keem, who is doing it because they love it, they want to they want to own it, they want to build it in their vision, and it's all theirs, and it's a possession to them. That is the difference, in my opinion. That and the, I can't say anything. No, they, that's pretty much bang on. That's exactly right? exactly what it is. I mean, yeah. it's the the old thing of uh, an investor wants to invest in a restaurant and a chef, and a Mark wants to help make the soup. Yeah. Now, if you watched wrestlers. On Netflix, which I know you didn't. Um, Episode three, come on. Yeah, the guy who's the investor in Ohio Valley, he is a mix of, he, he's what you call, um, what would it be? He's a, he's an active participant. Like he want, he's put his money and he's put his money where his mouth is yep. and let Al Snow run the company. But because he, he wants to be a participant in operating the company, and that's where there's a clash. I did not consider him a money mark. I considered him an angel well, investor. He, yeah, I would agree because in his defense as well, he's not actively involving and saying like, hey, put me in an angle or make me a character. He's still in the background very and, much. And one of the things in that, I can't remember the guy's name, but. Was it he, Mark's? I think it was Mark. Mark. What a terrible. I don't know if it was Mark, but anyway. I think it was. He is always trying to think of ways to promote the product better. Okay. And that's where. When I have a, a partner, an investor, 
and they and they want to take an active role and participate, I want them focusing on either the business end, how they can grow the business end, or how they can be involved in promoting and advertising where I, they might have a specialty that I don't. I don't want them saying, if you do this match, it will be kind of neat and funny. No, that's being a money mark. Do not do that. You're stepping into my box. All right, there we go. Uh, moving on to question number seven. Oh, we're flying. In the mega mailbag this week from Angela. How important is music to a wrestler's presentation? Ooh. Good question, Angela. Yep. Um, I know Mike's talked about this before. It was uh, 100% important to his presentation. I believe. Uh, Whatever that, was cool on the radio. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it, was, I uh, won, it was his whole uh, presentation. Let me tell you. Q94 FM was Let playing. me tell you. <laughs> I, once was, I once was told I was going to be going to the ring with a, another wrestler's girlfriend. <laughs> and she was a... Uh, Interesting female. I'm not going to say what she did for a living because that's not pertinent to the story. I know who you're talking about. Do I know Steve Stryker's girlfriend. Okay, I don't know who you're talking okay. about. So I used the song, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. Great tune. <laughs> so I think Sophie it's Sophie B. B. Hawkins. Hawkins. Yes. I used Savage Garden because it was number one on yep. the Q94 FM Top 30. When I hear Ghetto Superstar, I still yes. think of you. So I would often use songs that I <laughs> knew terrible. people. And the other thing I'll tell you, <laughs> I was ahead of the game. You know what? I'll tell you. So if we were wrestling in a bar, for instance, yep. I would use a song that a girl will like. Yeah. Right? Every other guy is like, oh, I like this song, or I want I want, I want, want hard rock, or I want metal. Nobody was sitting there thinking, if I go a little softer here, people are going to remember the presentation. Yep. I used Hero by Mariah Carey. It's good. I was going to say, did you use Hero by Enrique? No, well, but that, I could have. That'd be perfect. I, I could have got yep. that over. I used uh, Survivor by Destiny's Child. Yep. That's the one that a lot of people will remember me for, or Ghetto Superstar. Ghetto Superstar. Every time I hear it, I always say to her, you know, Mike Davidson came out to this music. She goes, I know. You tell me every <laughs> time I hear the song. So, But for me, I was using like mainstream music that I thought people would respond to. Right. Right. They would naturally be yeah. like into it. Yeah. Cause they yeah. recognize it. Right? right. So it's, that's what I did now in the big leagues. It is so important. Ultimate warrior's entire career was music. Brett, the Amen arts. Yep. Big push came because of the Hulk music. Hogan, Hulk Hogan, which that music was supposed to be used for Barry Windham yep. and Mike Rotundo. And they were going to stick with eye of the tiger for Hogan. Little known fact, AJ Styles, WWE music. You know who it was for? Who? James Storm. Weird. Yep. Oh, that music was for James Storm. Yes, but he never ended up staying there. So when you when you think about music, it is fans will identify talent right when they hear the first the yep. first sound. So it's it's vital. It's it's life or death. That's why I use Fort Minor. Remember the name as my new entrance music. Nice thirteen second intro gets the people pumped up. Boom, come through at thirteen seconds. Remember the name. I want people to remember the name. I try to put a lot of thought into the music that I use, so that's why I use that. There's what a, did you use? I was just going to say, this is a good sub-question. We should talk about what we used. When I was in PCW and I did the deputy gimmick, I used I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton. Yeah. Great song. I Shot the Sheriff. Yeah. A shout-out to Andrew. I should never sing Andrew Shellcross for that one, because that was actually his vision. And uh, when I was doing gimmicks in PCW again... Uh, too cute. Chris Dion had obs obsession by Animotion. You guys, awesome. Remember? Yeah, that, love it. That was uh, Saturday Night's main event. The old, the old music. Yeah, exactly. Love that song. And then my first hum it. Dun, I was dun, 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 you okay? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dun, 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 dun. 
Come on, you remember that song? Yes, of course. But when when so good, you started humming it, and then you hummed it, and you weren't on time. I was not getting what song it was. Well, it was beautiful. Fair enough. We should go to karaoke. Oh yes, yeah. Do a little karaoke, and I did bring the karaoke cowboy Adam Knight with us. Disturbed, stricken when I first started. You know he was doing the karaoke gimmick when he slapped the first fan. Is he? He should bring it back. How you say when when he slapped the first one? Here's what he was doing. He said he's going to have a fourth incident because he's going to slap me when he sees me because he cannot help himself. He's not going to slap you. He's all talk. You know what? We I forgot this. He's we all might talk. get into the betting business, and I think the over under should be: Is Adam Knight going to slap Mike Davidson? And it's time for the event center. This is your BC's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia. Friday, December 8th, Canadian Apex Wrestling is in Vancouver. Friday, December 8th, Big West Wrestling is in Summerland. And Saturday, December 9th, Big West Wrestling is in Enderby. We shift to Alberta. Friday, December 8th, Wild Rose Sports Association comes to Calgary. Friday, December 8th, Top Talent Wrestling is in Edmonton. Sunday, December 10th, Real Canadian Wrestling comes to Redwater. And shifting south of the border to North Dakota, Sunday, December 10th, Below Zero Wrestling comes to Horace, North Dakota. And that has been your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. Back with more mega mailbag questions for you. This one coming from Rodney Blanchett. He asks all of us, who is your favorite opponent in your wrestling career? Pretty simple question. Rodney, uh, Rodney Blanchett. <laughs> old I remember friend Rod. of the show, yes. yes. Old friend. Old friend Rodney. He worked for, uh, was it WFX or was it? A- he actually, he did, he worked for One World United and he was doing right. some stuff for WFX. And I quickly got him assigned to CWE because I, I was, I thought he would work better with Danny and I was... Correct. Yeah, well, it, they had a better synergy than I had. Little known fact: we we share the same birth birth date. Mm-hmm. You're like twin brothers. There you, go. <laughs> you. That's the that's what. After t- I get back from Florida, we might be. That's, yeah. that's what ties them together. Okay, uh, so who, who do we want to start with here? I probably know mine the best. You go okay. ahead. So my favorite, well, two opponents. You're one. Brass knucks in a box. Yes, and it was because the angle was good for River City Wrestling Business. You should talk about why that even happened. Well, we can do that as a special some other time. But I <laughs> liked, For our 25th anniversary. I, I always liked wrestling with you because it was, uh, you brought out the best of the people you wrestled against. In 1990, that was 1999, by the way. Yeah. In 1996, Ernie Todd booked me to go head-to-head with Chi-Chi Cruz because he believed Cheech would take my freaking head off. And he, he wanted to see me get stretched. <clears throat> and he he <laughs> kind of encouraged Cruz to to beat me up. Mm-hmm. So he so Cruz knew about it, was in on it, told Vance and Royce, I'm going to work with them and make the kid look like a million dollars. I was clued into this because I was just not going to no-show. I was like, I'm being set up. I'm not doing this. So and do it be like what Mark Merrick has done a million times. Yeah. So I was not doing this because I didn't like the scenario. Right. Lots but, of Primo's references in this. Yeah. Episode. No kidding. So <laughs> Vance told me Cruz is cool and he's going to make you look good. And I had every assurance mm-hmm. and it was going to be a screw job on Ernie, but I was told Cheech is going to act like he plans to kill you, but you know, he's not. Mm-hmm. So Ernie was getting what he wanted. <laughs> 
I I got what I needed, and Cheech was a consummate professional. He came in, and he said, I'm going to do this, you're going to do this. He shined me up, and then very quickly, like five-minute match, he said, I can't do it for 10, 15 minutes, make it look believable, but for five minutes, it's going to look like you're going to beat me until I get you in the powerbomb and pin you, because yeah. I'm going over strong. I'd love to see you taking a powerbomb. <laughs> I did it more than once. From I would love to see I it. did not like taking powerbombs. I can see that. So, uh, but it was, he, it was one of my best matches, he sold for me. He he did everything to make me look good. Ernie had his camcorder on, and at the he when I walked out, he had a big cheese eating grin on his face. And when the match was over, he looked dejected, like he got double crossed. And I said, "I'm going to need a copy of that match." And he said, "I didn't record it because he didn't oh, yeah. like the result." But uh, Cheech made me look like a million dollars, and was so professional that night. Cheech worked for. CWF? Yeah, 1996, he came back. Vance, or 97, summer really? of 97. Vance was the booker. Cheech had a trust in Vance. It was great for Chalmers. It was like Cheech was the best I had ever seen in terms of local wrestling. He was everything uh, we needed, a leader, someone mm. who was better than all of us, and he made everyone around him better. Okay. Mm. Um, I'll go with mine, I guess. Uh, probably the guy who worked the absolute most would have been Dave Dixon. We didn't have any chemistry when we started, but by the time we uh, got to the Loser Leaves Town match, we had a pretty good thing going, so I definitely put him on there. It's a tough tough call for me because I had the best match I ever had with Danny Duggan in Selkirk in 2008, and that one, I think about that match quite a bit, so I'm going to put, put both of them in special mention to Mentolo. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to cop out on this one too because I can't put it down to one. Yeah. I think of... Um, and Cheech and I were just talking about this the other week, uh, the best of seven that we did and how great it was and how awesome it was. And Cheech was telling me how much he loved those matches. That would be one. Um, me and TJ Bratt um, wasn't the best match, but the story was really, really good. So that would be one for sure. Uh, myself and Danny uh, from 10 years ago, uh, we had probably about a thirty-minute match where he ended up tasering me at the end, using tables and all sorts of nonsense. It was crazy. That was the match where Danny said the light went off for him. Uh, so that would be one. And uh, uh, Playboy Will Damon always had good matches with Will Damon, um, either as opponents or partners. So those are kind of the th four that come to the top of my head. Um, and, and there's a lot of other ones for sure. I, I'm probably, if I sat there and actually thought about it, I could probably name a bunch more, but uh, off the top of my head, those are the, my top ones. Okay. And our final question in the mega mailbag this week is an audio question. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Let's roll it. Hi, this is WPW general manager, James Corba. And, uh, I have a special guest here with me and we are, we have a question from live on a location in New York City. I'm here with Total B Cheese Superfan Chance Donovan. How you doing, guys? Cheese D's here. Just uh, here with a GM, James Corba, uh, New York. It's about five or six degrees at the moment. And we got a big banger of a question for you out of Touch Boys. Um, our question for you is who is your favorite? WFWA slash IWA wrestler of all time. And if it's not Eric Freeze, then frankly, gentlemen, you are out of touch. 
Thanks from New York City. Uh, love the show. Keep up the good work. Hopefully this episode moves the needle. Thanks. Eric Freeze was a very good wrestler, very good babyface. He was from Calgary. He was good on IWA. He wasn't really around in WFWA. I mentioned in the last question that Chichi Cruz was my favorite opponent. And if I'm being true and factual, he was probably my favorite WFWA guy. But I'm going to be a little bit of a tease here. And I'm going to talk about different guys. A tease or a keys? A tease. Okay. Uh, Tulip is obviously one of the most memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, French Mad Dog. Um, they had so many good talent go through mm-hmm. IWA, like Rhino, Edge, Christian. Gamma Singh. Gamma Singh, Jerry Morrow. Bulldog Bob Brown, Carrie Brown. Bad News Bad News Allen, they called him. Uh, Jerry uh, Morrow. Yeah, I said Jerry. Um, Pain Jerry Morrow. They had Rick Martell. Yep. They had... Um, Mine I'm, hasn't been named yet. I, I'm missing a bunch. Uh, Callus was there. and it's your, your friend. So many good ones. So I would say Cruz because of my personal <laughs> relationship. He was my personal hero as a kid. Um, but honorary mention out of all those guys that I remember watching and was, I liked Callis as a kid. Like I thought he was a good heel. I thought he was like a dollar store, Ric Flair and Randy That's Savage. That's exactly what he tried to be. Um, kind of like what Eric Freeze is a dollar store glacier. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, and an honor, honorable mention, I would say Joey Legend. Who I met yeah. working oh, yes. for Candelo. I worked with him once. Border one City of, One of the nicest, most professional guys I ever came across. All right, what about you, Mecca? Um, yeah, now the one that, as soon as I heard the question, there's one name that came to mind. And you, Mike, you'll have to correct me if this person was not in the WFWA. I'm positive he was. I'll probably pop. What was Mucka Singh ever here? Yes. Yes, that, that, that would be mine. He was a stampede champion. He yes. beat Owen Hart for the North American title. Yeah. Then he went to WCW as Norman. Yes. That and was in 89. Yeah. Then Candelo got him in 90. Candelo, this is some good tape. Okay. Candelo brought in at the exact same time in 91, Ken Patera, Baron Von Raschke, yes. Jim Brunzel, Mockin Singh. Uh, he had Bob and Kerry Brown. He had... Chris Markov at this time. Mm-hmm. I think he might have even had Sheik Adnan El Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Canelo, somebody will ask Tony, and, that, and I'll confirm that. He had a star-studded roster, but one of the matches he runs in one of his tapes is Brunzel against Makin Singh. Yeah, I, I really, and I, I was reasonably certain that I've seen Makin Singh. Obviously, you remember him from Stampede, but I was reasonably certain he was here in the yeah. WFWA. Or for those of you who don't know, that's the West 4 Wrestling Alliance. That's what that standed for or stood for. Um, I like Mukasing because he was a hell of a promo. Mm-hmm. He looked like a bag of cheese. Yep. But he could bump his ass off. He made his opponents look good. His matches were all good. So when I saw, you know, Norman and WCW in 89, when I saw Bastion Booger, I mean, he had really let himself go by yeah, that by point. by then he wasn't bumping as much, and Vince yeah. gave him a terrible... He yeah. should have booked him as Muck and Singh. Yeah, but Mukasing, M A K. H A N and then Singh S I N G H for those of people who are like, what is Maka? Maka? How do you spell that? That's how you, yeah. that's how you spell it. If you want to Google him, research him, there's probably a ton of stuff on YouTube. I remember Ed Whalen interviewing him. I loved Maka Singh because I thought this is a fat bastard, but man, I hate this guy and he's good in the ring. Yep. That's uh, mine. Uh, well, obviously, I'm going to pick Dr. Luther. 
no, well, no, for sure. No, you're, I actually my my you're pick, his webmaster. I was my pick. <laughs> pick was actually uh, was Eric Fries, and I actually asked yeah. Mike all about Eric. Fries. I was like, what happened to him? Like, I was curious what happened to the guy. I think he went to work up north in Alberta. Yeah, like and, in the oil rigs or yeah, something like that. And that was the end of Eric Fries. If but if I had to choose somebody not uh, who's been made a joke of already, I would say. Tim Flowers, Diamond Timothy Flowers. Oh, I really enjoyed that. I okay. really enjoyed his work. Now, you talk about Mock and Sing being mm-hmm. one of your favorite and in Stampede. Yep. What did you think of Steve DeSalvo? Strangler Steve DeSalvo. Loved Strangler so Steve DeSalvo. Loved Lethal Larry Cameron. Yeah, they they had that oh, man. that talent that I, I used to think when these guys get to yeah. WWF, they're going to get a push, and they never got there. Yeah, no, I loved Stampede around that time when Stu restarted it. One sure. last thing I want to do before we leave. You mentioned your favorite match, producer Chris, mm-hmm. was against Sugar Daddy Dave Dixon. He owns Quizzlers. I want to shout out to him. Thank you so much. For what is Quizzlers again? For those, of it's you a know. live interaction event where okay. it basically he is a host. Runs like a it's like a game show. It's an interactive night. It's, it looks like it's a ton of loads fun. of fun. I've done yeah. those before. So much fun. Where yeah. can you get? Where can we get information on that? Look it up. He is James Hyman. Hyam. Hyam. H i g h a m. Yeah. On uh, Facebook. Or search up Quizzlers Manitoba or Quizzlers Winnipeg, and I'm sure you'll find. There him. you go. There we have it. Another week of the Bee She's Wrestling Show. Mega mailbag. Mega mailbag. And now, hold on a second. Don't forget, Palomino Club tickets, or uh, not tickets, gift cards given away very soon. Starting next week. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.